Welcome to Empowered for Life, a weekly audio podcast with Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, teaching the Bible with clarity and relevance, tackling today's topics and issues, bringing healing and restoration into the lives of hurting people. Hello, greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith, here with podcast episode number 18, Accessing Kingdom Teachings that Relate to Daily Living. Welcome to this episode of Looking at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I am your host, Pastor Dr. Dwight A. Smith. Because Jesus told his disciples that I would send you a comforter, a paraclete, a helper in the Holy Spirit. Many people believe that the Holy Spirit only came on the scene in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit had fully come. However, the Holy Spirit had been active in the Bible from the day of creation. For we see it was the Spirit that was above the waters in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless, empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So here we see in the beginning of God's creation that the Holy Spirit was actively involved in creation. We also see that the Holy Spirit is called the breath of life. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The word breath here is the word ruach. It's translated breath or spirit. So the breath of life is the ruach, the Holy Spirit of God, which he breathed into man and man became a living soul as a result of that. From the time that God created man, man and Adam's sin, creation began to fall. Mankind, through the fall, became progressively worse. The Bible says that every thought and intent of man's heart had only begun become evil continuously. So their thoughts and their imagination had become so evil that God said in Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, then the Lord God said, my spirit will not always contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. So here we see God saying that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, will not always contend or abide with man because it was the Holy Spirit that gave man life when God breathed into him the breath of life. And we note that in the earlier portions of scripture that the life of mankind would extend 300 years, 500 years, 600 years, and the oldest man living 900 years. And so we find that God says, no longer will my spirit strive with man or stay with man, allowing him to live these uh, uh, this number of years because of his thoughts and his imagination 
because it had become evil continuously, because they had sought to live a life without the presence of God and without the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. So God numbered man's days. He numbered man's years, giving him uh, only 120 years to be able to remain in the earth. That is so that during that 120 years, man would find his way back into right relationship, back into fellowship, back into communication with God so that he would have that relationship with the Lord God and be free from the bondage and the addiction of sin. Another name used for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. We see that in Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find anyone like this man in whom is the Spirit of God? In this case, here we find Pharaoh speaking beyond his wisdom. For he's a pagan ruler who hardly would have been expected to know of the Holy Spirit, yet he recognized something different in the life of Joseph. He recognized the power and the authority and the ability to correctly interpret a dream that Pharaoh had himself. And he knew that this dream or this ability to interpret this dream could not come to him in the natural just from the natural man, but it had to come to him from the Spirit of God. And even Joseph himself would identify that the ability to interpret this dream would, was not his own ability, but it was that God gave Pharaoh the dream, and because God gave Pharaoh the dream, God would give him the interpretation of the dream so that he could reveal to Pharaoh the importance of that dream. And so we find here that the Holy Spirit is actively at work in the life of Joseph as a revealer of the dream in which God placed in the heart of Pharaoh. And so we must also note that if the Holy Spirit revealed to Joseph the dream that Pharaoh had so that he could interpret it and know the purpose for the dream, the Holy Spirit also wants to reveal to us the dream in which God gives to us. He wants to reveal to us the purpose for the dream in which God places on the inside of us. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us our purpose in our relationship with God and in our relationship with mankind. Why was I sent to the earth? Who am I? What is my purpose? The Holy Spirit will actively begin to assist you in helping you to understand why God created you and the not only the purpose for your creation, but also the special unique ability that he has given you to be able to reveal in the earth the plan and the purpose of God. So he will unfold to you the mysteries and the knowledge of God relating to your life so that you can live a victorious overcoming life. Also, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you so full of the power of God so that those who don't know God and even don't really know you can see you 
and note that there is something different and unique about your life. And as a result of that, can be introduced to the Spirit of God or to the Holy Spirit, to the power of God. Also, we see that the Holy Spirit is identified as oil. So Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. That's 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 17. So here we see Samuel, who is a prophet, and he is instructed by God to go to the home of Jesse in Bethlehem and anoint the next king of Israel because Saul, who was king, had now been rejected by God, and he was rejected by God because of his disobedience to the word and the will of God. And so God is anointing, or he sends Samuel to anoint the next king. That word anoint uh, means to smear with oil. And so Samuel comes to the home of Jesse, and he begins to look at Jesse's sons to determine or to hear from the Spirit of God as to which one would be the next king of Israel. And as he looks through Samuel, uh, through Jesse's sons, he notes that God does not accept those until he gets to the younger son, David. And God declares that this is the one, that David was the one. He was a man after God's own heart. And so God instructs Samuel to anoint him. So Samuel takes the horn of oil, the horn being uh, an instrument in which he carried his oil in. It was uh, formerly a ram's horn, and he filled it with the oil of anointing. And that oil he poured upon David. And as he poured the cruise of oil on David, he is anointing him, smearing this oil on him, and anointing him so that he would be the next king of Israel. Note what the scripture says. He says, as he was anointed, the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit came upon him in power, which means this, as the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power, the Holy Spirit enables you. He gives you ability that you would not have in and of yourself. You wouldn't have that ability in your natural strength. But under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, under the anointing, there becomes an ability to do what you could not do before. And thus David is therefore anointed to be the next king of Israel. We note also that the oil is a familiar biblical symbol of the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament. It was always used to anoint the priest, the prophet, and the king. They were all anointed with oil. They were set apart and set in office for a special service unto God. Oil was also used as fuel for lamps, for cleansing, and for sanctifying. In the New Testament, Jesus sends his 12 disciples to minister in his name. 
He tells them they were to cast out demons and to anoint the sick with oil. We see that in Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 7, calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two, and he gave them authority over evil spirits. They were instructed, take nothing for your journey except your staff, no bread, no bag, no money, no belt. Wear your sandals, but not an extra tunic. When you enter a house, stay there until you leave the town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off of your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. Verse 12. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Notice what it says. It says in verse 13, they drove out demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So the oil of anointing was used in the healing of the sick. Also in James chapter 5 verse 14, we find instructions regarding elders anointing the sick with oil. And the scripture reads, is any one of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of Jesus. So here we see that if they are sick in the church, they are to come to the elders of the church. The elders are to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Again, this oil of the anointing is a representative It represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, just as the priests and kings must first be anointed with oil before service can begin, the power of the Holy Spirit is necessary in the life of every believer before they can effectively serve God or render service unto God. Just as the oil is necessary for the lamp to give off light, so is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us power to shine our light in this dark world. Just as the oil sanctifies the priests, the Holy Spirit sanctifies the children of God, sanctifying, separating us, separating us from sin and separating us unto God. So we must have the Holy Spirit. We must have a relationship with him. We must seek to walk hand in hand with the helper, the comforter, the counselor, our teacher, and our guide. For it is he who unfolds the mystery and the knowledge of God. It is he who reveals the character and the nature of God. It is he who reminds us of everything that Jesus spoke unto us so that we can have an effective, victorious, overcoming triumphant relationship with the Father in this world. In Psalms 133, it compares the oil running down Aaron's beard to the blessings of unity among God's people. The oil of the Holy Spirit lubricates the body of Christ, 
bringing together Christians who would otherwise be separated from one another. But let's look at Psalms 133. How good and how pleasant it is when brethren live together in unity. It is like the precious oil poured on the head and running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon. We're falling upon Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forever. For it is at that place where the oil of the anointing is poured upon you. It is in that place where the Holy Spirit is uniting you and bringing you together in unity. It's at, in that place where there are the blessings of God that is bestowed in our lives every day. So we see the oil is used in identifying the Holy Spirit. Here are a few more scriptures that refer to the Holy Spirit as oil. In Psalms 45 verse 7, it mentions the oil of joy. While in Psalms 104 verse 15, it speaks of the oil that makes the face shine. In Psalms 23 and 5, David praises God who anoints his head with oil. So we can see that the Holy Spirit is bringing joy to the heart and the life of every believer. Father, thank you for the oil of your Holy Spirit. May the good oil of the Spirit flow through our lives today. The double portion. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replies in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. The spirit of Elisha resting on Elisha in chapter 2 of 2 Kings verse 15. The company of prophets from Jericho were watching said the spirit of Elisha is resting on Elisha and they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. When Elisha had asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, the answer lies in the inheritance law of the Old Testament. According to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 17, and it reads, he must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he had. The son is the first sign of the father's strength, and the right of the firstborn belongs to him. Now, even though Elisha was not the natural son of Elijah, he was Elijah's firstborn spiritual son. And thus, in asking for a double portion of Elijah's anointing, he was asking for the inheritance rights of the firstborn. Now, also we must understand, Elijah says to him, you have asked a hard thing. And he was stating that from the standpoint of if he was carrying a cruise of oil or a horn of oil, and if he was to anoint Elisha with the horn of oil, there would be no possible way if he carried one horn of oil that he could in the natural anoint him twice with that one horn of oil. Because once he poured all of that oil on him, the horn would be completely empty. Therefore, no possible way of pouring that entire horn of oil on him a second time being a double portion of that single horn of oil. However, because he was asking for a double portion 
of the anointing, a devil portion of the Holy Spirit operating in his life, he was able to receive from the Spirit of God being Elijah's firstborn spiritual son, he was able to receive from the Spirit of God a double portion of Elijah's anointing, and thus in his life we see that he fulfilled the miracles that Elijah did by deviling them. So he doubled the number of miracles in his life compared to the number of miracles that was in Elijah's life. So here we see the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the devil portion anointing. Lord, as you poured out your spirit on the prophets of old, do it again in our day. One of the greatest revivals of the Old Testament is recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 29 through uh, chapter 31. And here we see the Holy Spirit operating as the hand of God. Now, when we think of the hand of God, a hand has five fingers. And today we identify the hand of God as the fivefold ministry gifts, as the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher. These fivefold gifts that are given to the body of Christ for the edification of the body, for the strengthening, for the unity, for the building up of the body, for preparing them to do the work of the ministry. So this anointing upon the fivefold ministry gifts that comes to them by the power of the Holy Spirit to equip the body of Christ in order that they might function and work together as one, as a hand with five fingers all work together as one. Here we see the hand of God in Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 30 verse 12. Also in Judah, the hand of God, the Holy Spirit operating as the hand of God, was moving on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. So the hand of God comes on the people. The Holy Spirit will come on the people to bring them to a place of unity of mind and spirit to carry out the word of the Lord. Jesus' high priestly prayer was, Father, make them one as you and I are one. So he prayed for the church to be one. He, the word of God says this, the people have become one and because they have become one, nothing they put their minds to shall be impossible to them. It also lets us know that as long as there is unity, that there is a possibility of accomplishing something great. It also shares with us just the opposite, for it says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So wherever there is division, division is to make a number less than it was, to lessen the ability of something, die vision, adapt to a vision, it kills the vision. So therefore, the Holy Spirit comes not to separate, to divide, to kill the vision, but the Holy Spirit comes to unite, to make one, to anoint, to equip with the ability of God to carry out the will of God and to follow the word of God. And that's why the Holy Spirit reveals to us the word of the Lord. That's why the Holy Spirit teaches us 
the word of the Lord. That's why the Holy Spirit come to remind us of those things that Jesus shared with us. That's why the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the mysteries and the secrets that are in the kingdom of God so that we could come to the unity of the faith so that we could become one new man so that we could become strong in the power of his might and being strong and strengthened in the power of his might nothing we attempt to do would be impossible to us because our lights will shine in dark places and they will recognize not only that we are servants of the living God, not only that we are sons of the living God, but they would recognize the ability of the living God living and flowing through us. For the the word of God tells us that the earth is moaning and groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. It's waiting on us to come to the realization of who we are as sons of God and walk in the power and walk in the ability and walk in the authority that have been given to us by God. For he said to as many as receive him, to them gave he the power, the authority to become the sons of God, to accomplish the work of God, to accomplish the will of God. And so therefore we need that relationship with the Holy Spirit in order that we might be empowered. For the word of God tells us that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power to become witnesses in the earth. But it must begin with that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, you come to bring peace and unity in the body of Christ. May the hand of God bring us together and teach us to love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Empower for Life. If you're ready to shake off religion and tradition, to be, to do, and to have everything God purposed for you, then continue to tune in as we answer your questions and reveal to you the mysteries and secrets of the kingdom of God. Feel free to email us your questions and prayer requests at empoweredforlifetv at aol.com. That's empoweredforlifetv at aol.com. Or visit us online at www.empoweredforlife.tv. Again, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to sharing the Word of God with you.